always had this urge to want to just be the boss and be the person that was like making stuff happen. So the best way to really jump into it is to just do it. So that's why we're here. Discover your purpose. It may not look like what it is when you are trying to discover it. Once we remove excuses, we're able to move forward. Yep, that's it. Welcome, welcome, welcome. The purpose, the purpose of why we're here. Hey, check it out, y'all. Welcome to, uh, you know, this episode 103. And today, uh, I'm just going to be talking about masculinity, uh, uh, social connectiveness, and mental health particularly in men. So we're going to jump right into it. Uh, it's been a minute since I've been on here. I usually will try to do an episode a week, but I have taken a hiatus because, uh, as everybody knows, life has been lifing, just like it's always going to do. It's never going to stop. So I think the biggest thing that uh, I want to touch on, I'm going to start with a nice little abstract fact from the uh, American Give it up of men's health, particularly. It talks about like the the men's diverse patterns of practice. And it says men, men's mental health has remained untheorized, particularly in terms of the gendered nature of men's social relations. While the importance of social connections and strong supportive networks are for improving mental health and well-being is well documented, we know little about men's social supports networks or how men go about seeking or mobilizing social support. There's an end-up understanding of gendered nature of men's social connectiveness and the ways in which the interplay between masculinity and men's social connection. It can impact men's mental health is needed. So 15 life history interviews were undertaken within the men community and there was a framework of gender relations as it used to analyze the men's interviews and the findings was crazy. Uh, it was a lot of rich insights and it says the diverse patterns of practice in regards to seeking or mobilizing social support while some men differentiated between their social connections with men and women, others experienced difficulties in mobilizing support from existing connections. Some men maintained a desire to be independent, rejecting the need for social support, whereas others established a support networks from which they could actively seek support. The overall findings suggest that patterns of the social connections among men are diverse, challenging the social science literature that frames all men's social relationships as being a largely instrumental and men as less able and less interested than women in building emotional and supportive relationship with others. Lastly, the implications of these findings for, support, or for promoting men's social connectedness and mental health were discussed, and they go deeper into that. So I'm going to set the framework for that topic. Um, it's important, man. 
It's important, man. Uh, the biggest reason why I even picked this topic is because, to be honest, um, I deal with it myself because most of the time we deal with a sense of, so men my like myself um, who have done somewhat of a groundwork of, you know, creating some level of success or having some level of notoriety about who they are and what they do, we tend to find ourselves giving to connect. And what does that mean? Uh, that means creating relationships based off of what we can do versus what we need in that particular relationship and or what we can provide. So sometimes we connect with other people, mostly men, based off of what we can do for them or some of us, like myself, we do things for them to create that connection. The problem with this is it bothers our mental health tremendously because we, we have these social connections in, in mental health and illness, and we pay attention to like the comparing different types, like you know quantity over quality. And a lot of us will have a, a huge click or who a huge tribe or a huge uh gathering of men but there's no substance and there's no no quality within that and i think the reason why that is extremely uh is dangerous because when we create those type of relationships that have no substance we find ourselves doing something in that circle to stay in that circle and most of the time it's doing something for others and the last part that I want to touch on with that is it's extremely taxing because most of the time that I am in those type of circles or I have been in those type of circles in the past, someone wants something from me and I'm having to do it in order to stay connected to that person. So it's almost like when you are in a relationship and you're courting your lady and, you know, for example, like when I when I first got my wife, it was based off of, hey, I want her to see how I cook. So I kind of, you know, I did a nice meal and that was like the framework. I'm not saying this is in every instance or this was in my case, but most of the time, how you start is how you're going to have to stay in that. So if you start off giving something to that particular relationship based off of the want of being needed, because there's a want of being needed for most men, we just don't admit it. Most of us struggle with telling the truth about why this connection is important. Now, let's talk about solutions. I came to this uh, particular topic because I deal with and struggle with having a solution for myself. I've created a level of connectiveness, connectiveness and social networks with different people over time. When I transitioned from moving to Las Vegas, um, from Las Vegas to Charlotte, it was around like 2011, 2012. I got in Charlotte and I immediately hit the ground running trying to connect with the people who were of a certain stature. So I started getting in these cliques and getting in these groups of people who were doing things in their own right. The only problem with doing that is you reach so high and you find that you connect with those people 
based on status and not based on substance. So a lot of the times we didn't really have a lot in common. We just kind of connected because there was an event or there was something going on in that particular circle that I felt like, you know what, I need to be a part of this. But the problem with that is we find ourselves alone because when that kind of fizzles out, when you're not popping or when that thing is not popping or when what you're doing is not uh, particularly like consistent because you were like, you look, I just did this to get in the circle. It puts you in a place of loneliness. And in this season, there's been an extreme sense of loneliness for myself because most importantly, yes, I'm married. Yes, I have kids. Yes, I have some friends. I have some people who I connect with. But I have a sense of loneliness due to my guard being up because you know, I have to blame myself because I lead sometime with what can I do in every setting that I've ever been. And I've always lead with what value can I bring to this relationship or this group? So what happens is sometimes I find myself just giving, doing, being this person that's like, yo, he's going to get it done. Kev's going to get it done. Kev's going to do this. So, you know, as a Gemini, you know, I talk about this and laugh about this all the time. Even with my wife, uh, I say that, uh, you know, I have like the, you know, they they say, you know, twins, we have like so many personalities, but it's true. Um, I am Chef Kev when I am in a different light and I'm on and I'm in hustle mode and I'm in grind mode and I'm cooking and connecting in, in social atmospheres. But then there's this Kevin version that's at home. He's kind of like he's to himself. He don't really connect with a lot of people outside of work or those social circles. And those two are totally different because Kevin sometimes is lonely because he can't be Chef Kev all the time, especially at home. Home is the only place that I feel like when I come down, I'm able to kind of not perform. And that's my personality. I perform. So most of the things and most of the stuff that I do is a sense of performing so you can feel some sense of belonging. So if you're just tuning in, um, I'm, I think I'm live right now. I haven't got a chance to check the feed, but I'll post this later. It's not going to be a long one. Um, this is just something I just had on my heart, on my spirit to just talk about. And um, if you're just tuning in, we're talking about masculinity, social connectedness, and mental health, especially in the men diverse uh, you know, background. So society tells us all the time. Men shouldn't feel. Men shouldn't have emotions. Men shouldn't shouldn't speak uh, about what we feel. And I have to debunk that myth because we live in a different time and we are not in the 60s or 70s where our fathers and grandparents, you know, they sat on the couch and you pretty much just left them alone. They had that spot where it's like, hey, grandpa's watching TV. He's watching football. He's watching whatever he wants to watch. And grandma was just making sure he got a sandwich, he's eating, he's good. He's pretty much out of sight, out of mind. Time has gone for that particular man. And I will say with that, so has the masculinity because what has happened is a lot of men has taken the role of, I don't want to be too traditional, but they've become to society in their mind weak because they too they are too sensitive. They talk. They are emotion. They have, you, be, 
you know, anger is a is a natural emotion. So when you see a man angry, it's due to the fact that he's human, a, b, and it's also due to the fact of how he was, um, how he was brought up. So for for my example, my emotion of anger comes from what I seen my father do. So if I seen my father react my entire life, then that's what I do. So I've had to actually do a lot of work over this past three years to figure out how to respond because the reactiveness causes, especially your spouse and people around you to walk on eggshells and be extremely timid to be like, is he okay? Can I talk to him? What are we going to get today? That's not okay. But in that same vein, there has to be a safe place for men to be able to say, you know what? I have to feel. I have to discuss. I have to talk about this. I have to, to be able to uh, express the emotion. And yes, one will say, all you need is therapy. No, that is not it. Therapy is created, in my perspective, in my opinion, based off of, uh, you know, me doing it for the past three years, whether it's marital or personal um, therapy for myself, it's a space where you can just be honest and say whatever you want to say. They give you tools to handle it. But what happens is in that particular moment, once that session is over, you process it. And then you put that Band-Aid on it and it says, okay, I was able to get that off. The dopamine, the high, all the stuff I was feeling, all the anger I was feeling, I was able to say it out loud. But it's still inside. We still haven't been able to truly work through what the root cause is. So we take it out on others around us. We take it out on our you know, jobs, we take it out in social settings. And then most of the time you become that person that everybody's like, oh, wow, he's unhinged. We don't know who we're going to get even in a setting of playing basketball. Or, I mean, I've had meltdowns on the court playing basketball at Lifetime due to the fact of what I'm dealing with at home and or at work or in general. And I didn't have a place to just really feel. In the basketball court and having that community of brothers it's a great place, a uh, lifetime for, for example, we have this big group chat. It's over like a, I'm, I'm going to say probably a hundred men, maybe like three or four women who play ball with us. And we talk about um, all kinds of stuff like likes and things. And I mean, there's guys in the group um, who have discussed their, their diagnosis of cancer, their diagnosis of MLS and I mean, ALS and all other stuff. So it's kind of like a, a great community and we have done stuff in person. We hang out. Some guys, you know, meet up for brunch and do different things. But that's what I'm talking about. Those are circles that are safe because we have great brothers in that group that are like, hey, talk to me, man. Let me know what's going on, man. I, they really check in. They really are very much intentional. There's a particular brother. I will name him. His name is Jesse Brodus. And Jesse always checks in. He, he makes sure everybody's good. I mean, even when we played – like maybe a month or so ago, I, I decided to be like, hey, Jesse, man, let's go ahead and pray before we play. And in that same day, the, the, the enemy came at me when someone did something wrong on the court. 
And I was about to go off and we was about to get into a huge fight because I didn't handle my emotion in the right way. So even having a setting of a social connectiveness is extremely difficult because we're still dealing and processing what we're dealing with. Um, but this right here is great too. This is a great outlet for me because I'm able to speak and say the things that I'm truly feeling, but also hopefully help somebody else. So social connectiveness in mental health and masculinity. The masculinity began back when our grandfathers were just the man's man. They were the ones who just, they came in the room and they demanded so much attention and power. And they had this level of like, if you ever watched how your grandmother greets or greeted your grandfather and how she treated him, she treated him like a king. She treated him like someone who was like, wow, here he comes. What do you need? I'm not saying that we have to take that approach. But what I will say is this day and age in the, the level of uh, social heightness of, you know, just mental health, I do think a lot of women can take a lot from those grandmas and grandparents of people who had a little bit of that tradition that was gentle. But I think we live in this day and age of there's so much level of just masculinity in the, in, in the women that some men take this back seat of, I don't have to do that because she's strong enough for both of us. And that's not to say that she wants to be, but that's to say that there has become this, this trend of a woman has to stand up for themselves and be extremely vocal and be extremely combative, be extremely just, it, it, it's, it's society and it's just based on what they see. Social media is based on what they've gone through. Um, but I'm not even going to fault them for doing that because society and life experiences have taught most of the women to have to basically defend themselves because they don't want to be a doormat anymore either. So I said all that to say we have to have a combination of both generations. We can't be so non-traditional that we're not looking to advance and be more modern. So we have to have a combination of both. So doing that, we can just kind of look at what those things that were instilled in us and instill some of those same principles and mannerisms and feminism and masculinity in our relationships with good balance, but there's no right or wrong way to do it. But if you're, if you're extremely emotional, that could be detrimental. If you're extremely masculine, that could be detrimental. But I think the two have to come together. And when I say the two, I mean the man and a woman have to come together and they have to understand at what percentage of what I bring whether it's feminism or masculinity, what do I need to bring to this relationship? And then that person is responsible who is receiving that to reciprocate that same energy. And you do that by cultivating, understanding, communicating, and just being extremely intentional about what makes your partner trigger. But we also have to start at the beginning of what got us to that point. And most of it is childhood imprints, and most of it is what we've seen. I talked about it earlier. What I've seen is reactiveness. I didn't know that it was healthier to respond until I got into a healthy relationship. And that's when I began to start exploring 
other ways. Like, you know what? You don't have to meet it with that level of anger. You don't have to meet it with that level of, of, of frustration or irritation. You can just meet it with love. Like, you know what? Okay. I understand where you went, where you, where you going. I understand what you mean. And just kind of cultivate that by being intentional and just saying, you know what? Thank you. I, I heard what you said. Have empathy and listen. That's the biggest issue. Listen. So I'll wrap this up because I'm going to keep this one short. I always try to keep my podcast around like 30 minutes, no more than that. Because I feel like if you just sit and listen to somebody and just talk for a period of time, it becomes like a little monotone. So I'll wrap this up by saying this. Um, We have to find a way to just kind of meet in the middle. Meet your meet meet your partner in the middle. Meet your friend. Meet like just meet in the middle, because ultimately, what you want is what you have to give out. And don't lead with so much hard masculinity. Don't lead with too much emotion. Don't lead with too much issues and drama. Find a way to find a place to like work on yourself. Have some self-care. Have some days where you'd like, you know what, I got to rest. Have some days where you'd like, you know what, I truly need to pray more today. Today I need to be more patient. Today I need to hear God say, you know what, don't speak today, just listen. And I think if we take our time to really truly get into that space and in that place, we can begin to start finding where we need to be more connected to, who we're going to be drawn to. Because I believe that God has a purpose for every man who's listening to this every woman to find your tribe that's the whole purpose of this whole episode is just find your tribe i'm looking for it just like you are but find your tribe because ultimately we have no clue what we're doing if we try to do it alone and we can't depend on our spouses we can't depend on our significant others we can't depend on our family we can't depend on the people who we love and we are closest to to be our everything. So in order to do that, we have to find our tribe. So my, my, my task and my homework for you, after you listen to this, connect in a new circle. Find a, find a group that you could connect with. Find some brothers, find some ladies that you can say, you know what, we're just going to connect this week. We're just going to do something once a month. Whatever that looks like. And as long as it's healthy, honorable, and godly, is safe and don't let society tell you men that you can't have a safe place too you matter and so does your mental health all right y'all this is chef Kev, man. i'm gonna sign out you've been listening to i am ceo podcast peace always had this urge to want to just be the boss and be the person that was like making stuff happen so the best way to really jump into it is to just do it so that's why we're here discover your purpose it may not look like what it is when you are trying to discover it once we remove excuses we're able to move forward